Welcome to the Dad Show Podcast, a show all about impacting, empowering, inspiring, and uplifting information to become a better dad, husband, man, and mentor. And now, your host, Ryan Ladd. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I want to thank you for listening and for watching, and just want to take a minute of your time to introduce myself as well as tell you a little bit about the Dad Show podcast and how it all got started. My name is Ryan Ladd. I'm from East Tennessee, born and raised. I've got two beautiful children, Kennedy, who's six, Lincoln, who's three, and my gorgeous wife, Allie. We've been married for a little over nine years now. How she's put up with me that long, it's only by the grace of God. I've been a firefighter here in East Tennessee for a little over 15 years now. So let's back up a little bit and see how all this got started. I met my wife um, 12 years ago back in 2008 through a mutual friend at the hospital. At the time, I was working uh, the fire department for a 24-hour shift. I was working a 24-hour shift on the ambulance. And then the third day, I was either working 12 hours in an ER or 12 hours on an ambulance. So I just met her through a mutual friend at the hospital, and neither one of us wanted any kind of relationship or anything like that. And just looking for somebody to go out with, uh, go to the movies or go out to eat and have nothing serious. And so she gave me her number and I called her and we haven't stopped talking since. And we got married three years later. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, been, it's been great uh, for me. Uh, unfortunately for her, I wasn't a great husband at the beginning of our marriage. Basically all the way up until our daughter Kennedy was born, I just like to to go out and still drink and hang out with the guys. But unfortunately, whenever I drank, I would, I would flirt with other women. I would dance with other women. I would text other women in, in inappropriate ways that I, I shouldn't have been doing. And like I said, it's only by the grace of God that she stayed with me and stayed by my side and, and just done things that I shouldn't done. And uh, so when Kennedy was born in 2014, all that slowed down quite a bit. And we enjoyed our time with Kennedy and at three months of age, we noticed just a little bit of a lump or a knot on Kennedy's back. And we asked the pediatrician, you know, because we're new parents, we had no knowledge of any of this. And so he just said, uh, you know, her muscles hadn't developed and wouldn't worry about it, that, you know, it would go away. So the knot started to get just a little bit bigger. So at six months, we asked the same questions, basically got the same answer. So at nine months, it had gotten quite a bit bigger. So when my wife took her for her nine month checkup, you know, it gotten more prominent and she was sitting on the table and kind of bent over to try and grab a toy. And so it was worse that she was bending over. And so he looked and he, uh, my wife said that, you know, it was like, Oh my gosh, I've missed something like his eyes just kind of lit up. So, uh, sent us to Knoxville children's for a, um, MRI, CT, uh, x-ray, and an ultrasound to try and figure out what this was. Um, they basically gave us the news that this was a gibbous, not knowing what a gibbous was, but we knew that the word wasn't cancer. And that's what the fear was in our hearts was that was cancer. And so when we didn't hear the word cancer, we was like, okay, we're good. Let's, whew, let's calm down a little bit. So we went to a local restaurant and um, I was like, man, I just need a beer. I need to calm down, need to just get this off of me. And um, and so I drank a beer there and then come to find out later that Kennedy was diagnosed with MPS1 Hurler syndrome. And after I got the diagnosis, I knew that that beer that I had 
to relax after her all of her medical examinations that day at the hospital would be my last beer that I'd have. I know God doesn't make deals, so I just told him that, God, I know that this is one thing that I continuously sin at when I do it, because I don't think that drinking is bad, but I know that what Ryan does whenever he drinks is bad. The the text messages, the thoughts, the flirting, the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is, is a continuous sin. I told God that day, I said, regardless of whether you heal Kennedy here on earth or you heal her in heaven, I'm not going to touch another drop of alcohol. And so that beer that night after all of her medical examinations is the last drop of alcohol I've had. I just gave it all to God. So once we had went to the doctor, we're still waiting on our our uh, appointment with Cincinnati um, is where we were going to try and find out more with their geneticist and and try to figure out what was going on. And so during this time, I had got pretty close to a guy at work who was a man of God, and he kind of took me under his wing and just uh, mentored me and, and took care of me. And he said, Ryan, there's going to become a day that, that you're not going to be able to think of a prayer. You're not going to be able to say a prayer. You're not going to be able to just think it in the back of your head, but you're going to be weeping so hard that God will understand your tears. And I was like, man, you're, you're kind of crazy. You know, like I can always think of a, a prayer in the back of my head and, you know, can just think a prayer if I can't say it. So after we got Kennedy's diagnosis of MPS1 Hurler syndrome, I just, uh, I fell to my knees and was weeping so hard and I couldn't say anything and I couldn't do anything. All I could do was weep and hold my hands up And God reached down and he pulled that burden off of me and just picked it right up. Like I was able to just get up, wipe my tears and continue on with my task. It was unbelievable. And I remember it just like it was yesterday. Whenever we went to the doctor to try and figure out her diagnosis, if if it was MPS1 Hurler syndrome, they said that she wouldn't have a good quality of life. And that if we had three choices, basically one was to do nothing and she would pass away between the ages of five to 10. Two was to do a man-made enzyme replacement because that's what she was missing was an enzyme that would be to dispose of the bad trash and bad sugars of the body. That bad trash and bad sugars attacks the major organs in the brain and that's how the kids pass away is they, they have uh, organ failure and brain failure. So the enzyme the man-made enzyme would protect her major organs but still couldn't get to the brain so the only other option was a bone marrow transplant and we were told that you know she could pass away from complications of the bone marrow transplant so we prayed about it and we figured out i remember Allie and in that doctor's office that day it was like we've had the best nine months of our lives with this little girl and we're not going to let it get us down now And so we left that day with positive thoughts and we prayed about it and thought about it and come together to figure out that the best course of action we thought was a bone marrow transplant. There was still complications that could arise. Um, Kennedy could still not make it through the full transplant process, but we wanted to stay positive and continue to give it all to God. So that's exactly what I done whenever I hit my knees and I raised my hands up. I just gave it all to God. And from that day on, it was a lot easier to carry because I wasn't trying to carry the burden. God was carrying the burden. So we moved to Cincinnati 
and Kennedy went through her transplant. She had her first transplant at 11 months of age. It failed. And so 30 something days later, she had her second transplant and it was successful. So we still had to stay in Cincinnati for quite a time. And then we were allowed to come home. Whenever we came home, um, let me back up just a little bit. While we were in the hospital, there was another little boy right across the hall from us named Jax, and he had MPS1 hurler syndrome as well. Unfortunately, he didn't make it through the transplant process and passed away and went to be with the Lord. Um, when we came home with Kennedy, was about the same time that Jax had passed away, and so um, we went to his funeral here, and I was weeping so hard because of the fact that you know, that could have been us. Why God chose that side of the hallway and not our side of the hallway, I, I'll never know. And, and, you know, just to think of, we could have lost our daughter. And to think that these this parents just lost their son was just uh, unthinkable, emotional, just terrible, basically. So I remember on the ride home that night, my wife drove separate because I came from work and met her there at the funeral home. And... I remember the guy on the radio saying, you know, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? And you talking about coming from that funeral and the questions that were going off in my head was I had a million. And so I was trying to decipher through those. So I came home and took a shower and was still thinking this in the back of my head and all kinds of questions were still going through my head. And I came to finally one question. What is God's purpose for my life? I'd been thinking of why did Jax have to pass away? Why did Kennedy have to have this disease? Why does other kids have this disease? Why are other kids starving? Why are other kids from fatherless homes? Why are kids being beat? Why does such and such have this? Why does my family member have this? Why, you know, are kids starving all across the world? And just, uh, you know, question after question that you could think of. And finally it came to, I came to the point of, What's God's purpose for my life? If I could ask God one question, I'm always trying to search it, trying to figure it out because I still had that missing piece in my, in my heart. Not as what, what, what does Ryan want? What is God's purpose for my life? What can I do to better his kingdom? And so, like I said, I've been a firefighter for 15 years and, and I love helping people. I love taking care of people. And I love the adrenaline rush of firefighting. And so all that was taken care of, but I still had this hole in my heart. And so I would have loved to to be able to ask Jesus that question and and figure out, you know, what is his purpose for my life? Uh, Fast forward a little bit, uh, Lincoln came into our lives in May of 2017. And because Kennedy had MPS 1 hurler syndrome, we knew to test Lincoln for the same thing and so it takes two weeks to get the blood test back so two weeks later we find out that lincoln has mps1 hurler syndrome as well and so all these old wounds that we've kind of covered up or are starting to be reopened and i don't know if it was just because it was a daddy's girl with kennedy or if uh, we'd already been through it so it's going to be a little bit easier the second time or I had just already been able to give Kennedy to God because he's the ultimate father. He's the ultimate physician. He's the ultimate healer. And I'm just an earthly father. God is their ultimate father. 
he is theirs first. And so I was just, uh, I'd already taken that notion to give entity to God and say, you know, you healer here on earth or in heaven with you, it's up to you. Your will be done. And so I made that same motion with Lincoln. I didn't have Lincoln in my hands, but I basically was just taking it off of me and saying, here, God, you take this child. It is your child. I'm just here temporarily. I'm just the father temporarily. You're the ultimate father. You take this child and your will be done. And so by taking that, it just took a huge burden off of me and a huge weight. And it wasn't that I didn't care. I still wasn't trying to control the situation, even though I shouldn't have been. You know, it just took that control out of my hands and remember that he's in control. And so we went through Lincoln's transplant process. It was, I'm not going to say it was a lot easier, but it was, it just felt easier, I guess, because we'd been through it. We knew what we were expecting because we didn't know what to expect with Kennedy and it was a lot easier. So even fast forward a little more, like I said, I was trying to figure out what's God's purpose in my life because I, I still had that hole, like, you know, something wasn't filled. Like I said earlier, I, I do a lot of thinking in the shower so I can remember being in the shower and it popped into my head. The dad show, do a show to help other dads become better husbands, men, and also, you know, there's a ton of children, there's a ton of adults men, women, boys, and girls that have never had that father figure or that mentor or just that male figure in their life to say, I love you. I care about you. I'm proud of you. Any of those words. And so I want the Dad Show podcast to be a, a place of refuge for um, those people, men, women, children that have never had that. And I'm no expert in any of these aspects. And so that's why I want to have some, some other men on the show to hopefully that we can all become better together. I remember being in the hospital uh, with Kennedy and Lincoln, and you weren't allowed to eat in the kids' rooms. We had to go to a uh, cafeteria area on our floor that was strictly for uh, transplant patients. And so the kids were so young, so we wouldn't want to leave them by themselves. So usually a lot of the moms would go eat together and then they would come back. We'd switch out and a lot of the dads would go eat together. I remember that time of fellowship with those guys that we just were able to um, talk about guy stuff. We were able to figure out each other's stories and backgrounds and what we were doing and what we were going through. And it just made us all become better together through that. And so that's what I want this to place to be. I don't want it to be, you know, that Ryan knows everything or this guest knows everything. This is how we should do our life. Let's all become better together. You know, the more that we talk, the more that we associate, the more that we give other tips and tricks about what this dad's doing or what that dad's doing or, or what he's been through or what I've been through, you know, may help somebody else. And so I just want us all to become better together. I, I don't want to be that one to say, this is what you ought to do. And this is the way that you should live your life. This is the way you should be a better man, a better husband, and, and you know, so on and so forth. So um, the Dad Show podcast was born, and we're going to be on YouTube. And I hope to have some uh, DIY tips and tricks as well with videos, and uh, not just from, from myself. I'm a decent DIYer type guy, but uh, I just hope to have some other other dads that you know other men 
um, that can show us some tips and tricks as well. And let's just all become better together. Uh, one thing that I want to leave you with is that just like me getting on my knees and giving it all to God and him understanding my tears, I want to, I want to tell you a story about when we were traveling back and forth with Kennedy and Allie was, was laying on the bed watching TV and Kennedy was trying to climb up the bed to get to her. And so like her, her chest was on top of the bed, her belly was on the corner of the bed and the rest of her body was hanging off and she was grabbing on to the top, top sheet or comfort or whatever it was. And at the time, Kennedy really couldn't talk. The only thing that she could really say was, yeah. And I can't say it nowhere near as cute as what she did. But it was just the cutest little, yeah. And so she was trying to climb up the bed. And, and so I, I see this and it's a pretty high bed. And so I'm standing behind her. She doesn't know I'm standing behind her, but I've got my hands out. And just in case she falls, I can catch her. And so I let her try to struggle to climb up that bed. And she's trying. She doesn't want to ask anybody for help or look around for help. She's just trying. So after a couple of minutes, I'm like, Kennedy, do you need help to get up the bed? And she just lets out that cute little, yeah. And so I grab her and I pick her up and I help her onto the bed. And it got me to thinking, how many times in life do we try to do things ourselves? Why do we try to overcome these obstacles? Why do we try to break these barriers? Why do we try to open these doors or close these doors? When all we have to do It's just let out a simple, yeah, because God's asking to help. We just got to put our hands up to him and let out that simple little, yeah. So please follow along and engage with us on all social media at the Dad Show Podcast. Engage with us online at thedadshowpodcast.com and let's all become better together. I want to thank you for your time. I love you. I care about you. And I'm proud of you. I hope you have an amazing day and God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Dad Show Podcast. Please like, review, and subscribe.